0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of a six-part podcast series, during which we'll be exploring the concept of regenerative soil science. My name is Mike Jiggins, editor of Turf and Rack. Our guest for this series is Randy Booker, superintendent at Otter Creek Golf Club in Otterville, Ontario, and principal at Turf Evolution. For the past several years, Randy has adopted regenerative soil practices at Otter Creek. It's something, he says, that has led to a healthier soil allowing the microbiology beneath the surface to thrive and to do its job to help produce healthier turf. To achieve this, Randy has eliminated the need for such inputs as fertilizer and pesticides. In this series, Randy will explain how regenerative soil science works, the principles involved, best practices required, and how this has worked for him at Otter Creek. Before we hear from Randy, let's listen to this word from CRESS, sponsor of this podcast series.
1: CRESS is proud to support Turf and Rec's EcoTurf podcast series. CRESS is leading the transition from gas powered lawn equipment with the introduction of the industry's first truly game changing innovation in battery powered OPE. With the CRESS 8 minute cyber system, professional landscapers can replace their messy gas powered equipment without sacrificing performance, power, or runtime. Complemented by a full line of equipment benchmarked against gas-powered products, landscapers can finally take charge and make the switch to battery. For more information, visit Crest.com. So a regenerative, we'll say regenerative mindset or regeneration period. So what we're looking at is making things better. Um, making them better than what we found them and I, I guess when we think about the regenerative soils is that we've been a very extractive um a business be landscape turf um sod farms whatever you want to think about even agriculture and this is where it really started is that we've been extracting out of the soil for many years and it's not it's something it's a generational situation where and i don't I'll say things within this that uh, I hope people don't take as a demeaning situation because I look back at what I I do now versus what I did when I started my process is I'm as much to blame as everybody else if we think about this regenerative movement because we all were brought up after the green revolution of fertility use, pesticide use when we had issues, we've been led down a path even from our academia standpoint, that that's the way that we all understand the green industry to work, that we need to put fertilizer on it. And then when we get disease or we have weeds or have issues, then we need to put another product on it. Well, if you think about what nature has done for four and a half million years, there wasn't fertilizer around there were not pesticides around there were not those things that were dealt with from specifically a human situation because we weren't even there so if we start to think about regeneration and taking where we are now and starting to revert it back to a healthier less extractive situation so when i mean extractive we're taking everything out of the soil And even from a fertility standpoint, we are mining and we are extracting out of the earth to make products to reapply. So we're being damaging in an extractive sense in the mining processes. So we can rumble all that together and think that we have to start putting something back in the ground rather than just taking it out all the time. So when we think regeneration, it's that we're making things better than the way we have found them. And as humans, we continually just think that we can pull things out, use them and basically throw them away. So regeneration from a soil point is rebuilding soil components. And the number one component within the soil that we, even educationally wise, we didn't know about until... 30, 40 years ago was really soil biology. So when we think about microbes that are in the soil that actually run the process. So the soil is the base of, of ecology. It's the base of everything. Uh, we wouldn't be here period as humans, if the soil wasn't there in the first place to uh, start to manufacture or provide the uh, the, the situation for Uh, algae to come out of the oceans, for uh, diatoms to come out and start to um, produce organic matter, to be able to have plants start to show up, to produce uh, chlorophyll for photosynthesis. There's the foundation of life of everything. So what we really have to think about doing now is getting back to more of a, a natural situation or biomimicry, which is basically mimicking what nature does. So regeneration is making it better, taking it back stages that uh, used to be so that the process can work a little bit more efficiently without us damaging any further.
0: How long has this uh, strategy been applied, let's say, in golf specifically?
1: uh very new um very new in our terms obviously but again i'll take it back you know when golf started in the 1800s obviously the conditions were not the same back then Uh, it was a little bit more of a rough game a rough turf but how do you think that our ancestors that were green keepers looked after turf at those stages well number one primarily they used to use sheep to graze that was their first mower if you look at it in that way but what do sheep do so they eat and then they drop through their um, you know their urine or their feces uh, the nutrients right back into the soil so in essence they were there was a circular motion there they were removing grass they were taking that grass within their stomachs and they were putting back out in a nutrient sense to make it available to the grass plant and then they may have gone to the point of throwing some manure out as well, or they would have gone and used kelp. And most of the early golf courses, obviously the Scottish or the British, the English, a, a lot of that, the coastal areas could just go down to the beach and harvest the kelp, kelp off of the, or the seaweed off of the shores, bring it up, dry it, crunch it up or spread it around and just add it with uh with some of the manures they may be putting out, and that was total natural process. So when World War II came around, obviously the war was over and the Green Revolution started that we could take these products that had been produced to make bombs, being ammonium nitrate and ammonia period, and we found that they would enhance growth of plants. But, in that process, it started out that we could make plants grow by the use of these synthetic or man-made products. The next phase of that, we realized that we were forcing the plant to grow out of its natural situation. And then we ended up starting to have disease. We started to have you know, some weed growth. We started to get into some other issues due to the fact that we were using these synthetic products. Course, we continue to add and continue to put more fertilizer out yearly basis. We continue to use more fertilizers, more pesticides now on a yearly basis. Companies have to continue to produce more pesticide products on a yearly basis because of resistance and because they're not working quite as well. So we've come into a situation where the regenerative mindset is just starting to come back into turf situations now. It's been in the agricultural markets for oh, uh, upwards of 25, 30 plus years. And that's basically where I have pulled all my information and my educational point towards this regeneration. It's all coming from the ag world because turf doesn't, turf doesn't really recognize it yet. It's not taught. Uh, so we don't see it as a means of, of us being able to produce the same sort of conditions that we can with the synthetic products. Uh, And myself, I've been working and playing with these products and moving down a regenerative sense for 10 10 years now and really heavy into it for probably the last seven, eight years uh, with great success. Um, Reduction in the need for synthetic fertilizers, uh, reduction in the need for synthetic products period be those pesticides uh herbicides and uh fungicides i'm really eliminated insecticides i still have a bit because one of my main issues is ants and unfortunately that, that's just one of those things that i'm still playing with to try and find a way that i can uh, gonna suppress the ant activity. Uh, I don't wanna kill it, but I wanna suppress it specifically on our greens. But yeah, regeneration has been happening in other parts of the world in the agricultural sense for a good 25 years plus. Uh, turf wise, uh, I think the first, first person that I really got introduced to uh, in the sense of a regenerator was Dan Danelli When he was thinking about biochar incorporation into his new greens uh, in Chicago and his compost applications to his fairways. So he would uh, apply compost to his fairways every year as opposed to putting synthetic fertilizer on, Uh, disease suppression out of that, um, water management so much better from that so it really it sparked me to really think about why i'm doing all of the practices that i'm doing or why are we doing all the practices that we do in turf today a a lot of them are not necessary when we start to really think about the um the ecology of turf
0: so is the the long-standing conventional approach um was it adopted mainly to simplify matters or is it done to uh, quicken um
1: it it originally was done yeah it made things easier mm-hmm. uh, it made the grass grow it made it makes plants grow um you know it makes plants turn green it, it does all of those things that uh nowadays that we've just come to to want um, and need uh, basically due to the mindset of the game or or just what we perceive as Healthy, being lush and thick and green. So, certainly, it made things an awful lot easier that you could go out and, and put fertilizer down, and it would basically immediately enhance the growth of the plant, make it grow quicker, make it grow uh, greener, uh, thicker, you know, all those things that we would love to achieve from a lawn standpoint but that comes with a lot of hidden issues. And once you start to see some of the issues, it opens up that gateway to start to really question a lot of what we've been doing.
0: So for you personally, did a, a light bulb go off over your head one day and you realized that you know what what you were spending in uh, fertilizers and, and other inputs, um, or was it more looking at an environmental aspect where you how did you see the light to uh, to go from conventional approaches to uh, regenerative soil management?
1: There was two things. Um, first off, my, uh, Otter Creek Golf Club it was a brand new facility. Um, I was there through construction and grew it in, and it's it, the the conditions that we all strive for: being fast and firm, um, you know, pure bank grass. All of those. All of those things that we strive to have on a golf course uh, right now are things that I was starting to see disappear. So, having gone through a brand new golf course with no thatch, fast and firm greens, no no real disease, uh, you know, no localized dry spots, no hand watering when we first opened up, and as as time went on, four, five years, six years into that process, I started to notice that number one, disease was starting to occur. Number two, I was starting to see localized dry spot. Uh, I was starting to drag out hoses. And of course, I was starting to have our, our great friend, uh, annual bluegrass, creep into a pure bentgrass green. Then I was noticing that we were having mechanical issues. So when we would mow a green, when we would drop the, uh, the cutting unit onto the green, there would be a little bit of mechanical damage because they were getting a little bit puffier. Uh, the mow would be fine and of course turn around the other side drop it back down again there was another little bit of a scalpy mark so that started to spark the first what's happening sort of uh, situation to me the second part of that was obviously budgetary because that was a time when you know we were new we were open we had good staff we were really growing and, and booming with the golf course but then all of a sudden you know economic scale has to come in and it says okay we really have to start to control our expenditures a bit more and with having to spray an awful lot more of course the budget number was increasing and going up so yeah both of those and they happened about the same time frame and it was my aha moment is that there's something not quite right here so what it really did is it made me throw that you know, the question out that we all should be out is why? Why am I doing all of these things and still having my turf not, I shouldn't say turf become worse, but the conditions that we were providing were deteriorating. Rains were getting a little softer, they were getting a little puffier, they weren't quite the same kind of speed, but I was still core aerating, I was still verticutting, top dressing, I was still doing. Um, maybe not so much of a calendar based application of uh, fertilizer, but uh, I was doing everything that we are taught and research tells us to do to provide the conditions that we were striving for. But I had lived through those conditions with the brand new golf course, and when I started to adhere to all of our uh, conventional processes, and we'll say that because it is conventional in our mindset, but the uh, the turf just wasn't responding, it was going backwards. And that's really when I started to make the move to say, you know, I think things have to change. Uh, If I'm doing all these processes and spending all this money, and I'm getting, you know, worse conditions, then it's kind of like that Albert Einstein thing, you know, continually doing the same thing over and over again, and getting, expecting to get Mm. a different result. It's insanity and doesn't happen. Mm
0: -hmm. How challenging was it for you to go from one method to another?
1: Um, It it really wasn't challenging for me, because my mind said, uh, what the hell have I got to lose? Um, You know, the turf conditions, uh, no, mind you, the turf was still excellent. But, you know, as a superintendent, and uh, looking at what was happening, uh, I could foresee that there was going to become more issues. And, I just kind of took the dive and I started to do some research on my own. I started to, to get online. I started to take in webinars. And, and of course, none of these were a golf related. I really started to dive into soil biology and soil as opposed to turf. And that is, that's the door that opened up to really deep dive into what is happening below ground that we very rarely even think about in in the conventional turf industry now. Thanks, Randy. We'll
0: delve deeper into the world of regenerative soil science in our next episode, which will be available to listen to on our website on May 24th. Be sure to frequently visit our website at www.turfandrec.com to learn about future podcasts.